1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
0: It is Wednesday, October the 4th. I am John Pollock along with Brandon Thurston from Russellnomics. T-minus six days until... Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. Yes. We have got uh lots to discuss today as uh we will get some nostalgia uh of AEW and NXT both commanding your eyeballs for the duration of their programming next Tuesday. I look forward to uh limited commercial interruption announcements, um overrun strategies. I mean, Is let's NXT just throw going the- against strong competition that night. I mean, there will be baseball playoffs. Yeah.
2: Um, the big stuff like baseball. Yeah,
0: of course. Yes. And then they will, they will carve out their, their, their side of the, uh, the, the wrestling pie and we will see who has the larger slice. Um, and, and what gigantic effects. Who's going to be rating? I, I feel like we should stay on the air next Wednesday until that number comes out. I think we should be the
2: first, well, we right can get the instant reaction next week. Will, will that work yeah. out? Will, will it be out by four? Maybe you never know. And as, and Nielsen is always, you never know if Nielsen's going to be, have a delay. Actually, you know what? It's Columbus Day slash Indigenous Peoples Day next week. So I think it's all going to be delayed by a a day. So it'll come out on Thursday morning. I think probably. I haven't been, I haven't confirmed that, but that's usually the way it goes. Okay. Well, this will be a
0: discussion off air. Like maybe maybe it makes more sense to do our show on Thursday next week. We will we will see. Um <laughs> yeah, okay. that'll be the big news next week. Reacting to numbers, digits. Yes. Brandon's yes. real time reaction. Yes. That's what we look forward to. Well, we have uh, lots to discuss. Is this our first return guest that we have had in our short history, Brandon? I was uh thinking about this today. I think it is.
2: Yes, I think it is.
0: Brandon Ross of we gave Light him Six Shed. Months partners is going to be on with us in a little bit as we will be discussing a TKO merger we're going to be chatting about Smackdown moving to the USA network and Brandon one of the few that can now not you Brandon but other Brandon that attended the Sphere in Las Vegas yes. this past weekend for a U2 concert and now the world is just in awe of this this structure and Dana White right at the front of the line wants to run this thing next next year so maybe we'll we'll get Brandon's a uh, real time thoughts on attending the sphere it looks a little overwhelming i don't know if i would i'm sure it's uh, incredible to watch something in but it almost feels as it's like too much like stimulation in terms of uh okay i just want to hear a band play
2: yeah we'll keep you from looking at your phone i guess i've I've seen the photos from inside i've seen have you seen the the footage from like outside you see like just Mm -hmm. on the horizon and it's las vegas where this is you just see on the horizon this this big ball that's a video screen uh, as you drive towards it um I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe something eventually maybe would WWE do a show there
0: i think everyone is going to want to get dates on, on this thing and these will be like the most expensively priced tickets i think we could imagine in any of these uh I various Khan knows industries. people
2: in las vegas he's he's connected there he's got connections
0: yeah i i'm surprised if uh mr khan wasn't you know hiding out among those it can hold about like 18,000 or so people. So it's like a pretty, you know, they, I, I'd be curious. Like, do you think like that kind of environment, uh, for, for something like pro wrestling or a boxing fight or MMA, um, how how that would translate? But I think it'll be very curious to see if this becomes sort of a, um, like the new state of the art that there's going to be, you know, in terms of directing. This is really expensive, right? This was like a billion dollars to build. Two, two, over two billion. Two billion. Okay. Mm-hmm. a billion short. Yeah. This is uh there's a couple uh prospective AEW TV deals to uh to build this thing. But yes, we will uh we'll hear from Brandon Ross about that. Uh but we also have collision numbers to talk about. It was a it was a rough go of things on Saturday night as collision went up against NXT no mercy. And if we were to ask you what was gonna have the biggest impact on collision, college football, payback, summer slam? Nope no mercy was the real bullet to the heart of collision as they fell to their record low viewership on saturday with 327,000 viewers and a 0.08 235 uh, or sorry 235,000 last week down to 106,000 this week that was a 55% drop in the demo 42% drop in audience and i can't say i was going into this weekend expecting this would be the result. I would have thought that this would have been um of the of the three WWE p- premium live events we have seen. I thought this would be the least impactful. It ended up being the most.
2: Yeah, and we're gonna have a week to week comparison because they're be going against Fastlane next week, uh, also on Peacock. So uh, I have this chart here for people watching the video. It, it this this looks like a really profound trend to me in that you see these low points, which I, I guess are these the the four. The four lowest, the four least viewed, mm-hmm. yeah, the four least viewed shows, uh, for four least viewed
0: episodes of Collision, are- Money in the Bank being a very interesting one that you pointed out way back when we were discussing this. Like this was not head to head with Collision, but still, you have to look at that that big drop as still having it was a taped edition of Collision, but regardless, it was, um, you know, at, at that point, uh, significantly. I, I would say impacted by just the the, the ana- people getting their fill that day and not right. tuning in that night. I think you have to
2: give, give credit where credit is due. I think this was a, a David Bixenspan theory. This was a Bix theory before I, I, I had, I figured, nah, there's no way that a show that I think started at three, 3 p.m. Eastern. So I don't know when did it end. It certainly was over by by probably seven or something like that. Uh, and of course, collision starts at eight, but yeah, these, these four sh- episodes that have been the least watched have all been on the day of a WPLE, three of them going head to head. And even you look at college football, which began, you know, here in early September, um, it still did a pretty strong rating on the first week of college football. Now, granted, that was on the day that CM Punk was fired. So that, that may have been driving some viewership to be higher than it would be otherwise. But even if you look, you know, two weeks later when it was not going against a WWE show, um, it's really on the level of those two weeks before the college football season started. So it, you almost could say from this that, well, is college football really impacting collision that much? you look at these numbers and you could make an argument that maybe it's not, um, it's certainly not clear. And what's really impacting it is the W shows.
0: Yeah. Um, I I think you also have to look at just the, well, we're going to get an interesting comparison this uh, Saturday. I would say fast lane was not shaping up to be the most intriguing event, but, nonetheless, you have John Cena on this show it's now you know a fairly it's it's a wwe pr- premium live event. It is no worse than than payback and with with John Cena, you could say the the star power is uh, a step above that and then you do have that Saudi Arabia card November the fourth and we'll get to put this theory to the test again of just the amount of hours in one day and this was a weekend where you know there there was a lot of professional wrestling to consume for people. did collision just end up being the the odd show out for people that wanted to watch uh, everything that weekend that were going to be watching both pay-per-views on consecutive nights as well.
2: Yeah. And and the latter part of the show, I'm going to see if I can pull up the quarter hours, the latter part of collision really did sink, you know, more so than than the rest of the show did. Um, And I wonder if that's, you know, what was it going against? It was going against the uh, Ilya Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes match, which was, you know, I, I watched most of it. I think I was, I was trying to flip back and forth, which is, I was reminded of how easy that was back in the Monday night wars days when I could hit the previous channel button on my remote. And, uh, this was, See, these huge... are things Canadians just can't, uh,
0: sympathize with. Like never had that experience. Yeah. You didn't have
2: a previous channel button in the, no, I mean, we, we,
0: didn't have WCW and WWF head to head. We right. didn't, okay. we didn't have to be yeah. going uh, back and forth. You, you could, you could wait, uh, till uh,
2: Wednesday, uh, afternoon to watch nitro. That's right. Well, so so here's the quarter hours, and you can see there's actually this peak here. where There's there's no uh, commercial break in this peak at eight forty five. But anyway, the, the rest of the show, I, I guess you could say, the last three full quarter hours are the least viewed, right? Because they're all in the two hundreds, two hundred thousand viewer level, and that's that's pretty low. Wow. So they're all in the two hundred uh, thousand viewer level. The demo is all below one hundred thousand, and that's I, I went back and I looked at the timestamp and the the video package for. The uh, Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov match starts uh, around nine thirty, and then of course the match goes on. I, I don't think it goes against any of the Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton match, but it goes against that that NXT men's title match. Uh, but That probably you know played a role in in the numbers that we see here. The Vert Vixen
0: effect. At Who's Vert Vixen? Vert Vixen is who took on Julia Hart in that uh, <laughs> in that uh, fourth fourth quarter right there. Okay. So Thank that's. Yeah, you you look at this and you know certainly I I think at, at best you would be trying to replicate this number. I think I think it's going to be similar results this this coming Saturday uh, against Fast Lane. Uh it's I think going to be like it is without question the biggest competition that collision is going to face and uh, I think you brought this up the fact that when you have seen uh, TKO throwing around like these ideas of these these big weekends that they could piggyback with with UFC events like there, there's a great advantage for these WWE shows on Saturday. I'm not saying going head to head with collision is their number one priority, but it is a nice benefit of what they have found moving to Saturday nights that it has this uh, dual effect. And if you are piggybacking with UFC, like you are going to defer to UFC as that being their night if you want to shop a wwe event uh coupled with a ufc show to a foreign country that is going to pay you millions to bring your products over there
2: yeah it's, it's something to watch for when pay-per-view dates get announced now that the merger is completed are they going to be saturdays or are they going to be sundays of course i mean until nick Khan came to WWE, w pay-per-views were always 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 on sunday um and that's something that they've Changed and said that they've had a lot of success because of by by putting uh, an event on a Saturday and and then oftentimes a holiday weekend. Um, fortunately, they're the only wrestling company that does that, and they they're able to. You know, the theory is that you get people on a holiday weekend. Um, able to travel in uh, to the location, you get more traveling wrestling fans that way. And the idea is that you know it's it's good for viewers too because the theory used to be that on a holiday weekend you have people traveling, so they don't watch TV. But Nikon has explained that by the time it's Saturday or something like that, everybody's travel is completed and they're all in place, and people can watch stuff. Um, but you you think that the UFC events will take precedence, right? Because they're going to be certainly in terms of a live gate more more lucrative and in terms of the pay-per-view i imagine that that would be a factor too uh, you want to keep it in the regular slot where the UFC pay-per-views have always been right um maybe is there an argument that like you know ufc pay-per-views are often on the west coast time zone right so they're starting at 10 still yeah you're it's so it's like collisions head-to-head is with the, with the prelims so i mean i'm saying like maybe you could say that's uh, not that big of a conflict to put a WP, uh, PLE on at eight when the UFC oh, is going to start until 10 anyway. Right. Well, for the rest of the year, we have Fastlane uh, fast Lane Saturday, the Saudi
0: Arabia show, November 4th survivor series, November 25th, which is going to be a big one. And then NXT deadline, December the 9th yes.
2: deadline. Yes. But I, I was surprised that the N- NXT PLE took a big bite, apparently out of collision. I was I think he maybe would take half half of the extent that a main roster show does but it's hard to really it, we don't know how much it really took out of it but it it made it the lowest collision viewership ever so there's that
0: do you view like someone like a Becky Lynch for instance who has come down and she has has spiked numbers for her matches on television this would certainly be a, an an indication that you know this was a bigger NXT show the normal, and she being a key player on it. Like, do, do you look at these like movements to NXT and someone spiking numbers as indicative of perhaps being underutilized on, on the main roster? Do you learn anything from Becky Lynch, or is this simply just you know? There's she's a star. She came down, and she has demonstrated that ability on a smaller stage.
2: I, I think like all these main roster people come to the NXT has been a good study in like who. Who's a draw, I guess, um, in, in a really precise way. Right. Cause like N- NXT is sort of this, you know, brand that not that many people tune in to watch. It's, you know, the developmental people who are not the main roster stars. Um, and you see like when Baron Corbin comes on there, sorry, Baron Corbin, it's not that big of a no no big difference in the rating, um, when Dominic Mysterio has certain matches, it's moved the rating. Um, when Rey Mysterio comes up, it moves the rating. When Seth Rollins comes up and wrestles Braun Breaker, it moves the rating. Becky Lynch moves the rating. Um So I think you have sort of a, a, a clean base in the NXT show. This is what it normally is. And then if you put main roster people in it, oh, how much does it go, go up? Or does it go up above the normal level? And for some people, it does. I, I think we're sort of it, – it's sort of unlocking this conversation around, you know, where, where I think people are, 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 you know, attracted to throw their hands up and to say nobody's a draw and the brand is a draw. At, to what extent are these people who've been featured on a main event level on WTV for all these years? How much do they really, how, how, how big of a spoke on the wheel are they? And I think we're, we're kind of seeing it in these NXT ratings that, that some people do matter a lot, but they're, you know, they're all parts of a bigger machine most of the time that you don't see the difference, but here you do. Yeah, and that segues
0: over to Adam Copeland, that I think he will very much be under this microscope to look at what does he mean in a different environment. He is coming in, you would think, in the short term, it's immediately going to be you know so- something of interest uh, to fans. Is it sustainable? Is he somebody that is going to be a meaningful difference maker? Is he going to just settle in? He has stated he's going to be a full-time performer, so you're not going to have maybe – the novelty even to a level of a sting. Um, does he just become another member of the roster six months from now? Or is this somebody that just the, the new environment, it's a fresh coat of paint on, on this performer that has been so ingrained with the WWE system for a quarter of a century. And he's
2: having a match tonight, right? If next we, week, next, next week, next week, next yes. week. So not, okay. He's appearing on the show tonight and then the match is Tuesday. Okay. Well, it'd be interesting to see if the dynamite rating is especially big because it's well, a coming off a of pay per view and and what, whatever interest came out of the news around Edge debuting, you know, in in cases where WWE pay per views have featured a big return or something like that, like I think of that SummerSlam a couple of years ago when Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch both returned, I believe, on the same show in in Nashville, uh, Raw the next night did a huge rating, so. It, it seems like big newsworthy events, which edge debuting in, in AW's is newsworthy event lead to big ratings, you know, on, on the following episode of TV. So was he ever that big of a, of a TV ratings draw for WWE? I, I can't think of examples of quarter hours that he's popped. There was some judgment day stuff that he was involved in that, that did, that did, you know, move the quarter hours a bit. So, there's that to think about. And there was the funny. period he first, uh, and this is going back to another generation
0: when he first won the title off that oh. money at the bank cash in and they had the famous, you know, three week title reign um, yes. that there was movement. But I mean, we're talking about just such a, uh, a period of time that it's, it, I, I think the more better comparison is this return period from 2020 onward, where you looked at, you know, two, two performers that I viewed in like, in the sphere of like their fan bases, like similar levels of AEW having this CM Punk character coming out of retirement and an Edge coming out of retirement, not too far apart from one another, and had Edge gone with that offer that AEW had on the table, like he would have been probably your your most pushed guy out of the gate. Like he could have been in that that Jericho role, or at least
2: you know right alongside Jericho when AEW start. Yeah, and then along the lines of TV ratings, who can forget that segment that he did with Lita that popped a huge rating and and uh, and had a generation of children have WTV banned uh, from their homes.
0: Yes, I mean the the classic moments. Uh, then now forever, uh, Edge and Lita and a live sex celebration on television, uh, yeah. which the only person in the world who could have interrupted that would be uh, Rick Flair. Sure. Yes. As we go back, yes. um, let's talk a bit about so what is lined up for next Tuesday. So. AEW, because of the Major League Baseball playoffs, they are being moved to Tuesday night on TBS from eight till 10, and they will go up against NXT. So it's AEW on the unfamiliar night where they have announced, uh, Adam Copeland's first match with the company against 65 million year old Luchasaurus and Soraya against Akaroshita. I imagine that will, that lineup will be bolstered tonight. And NXT coming back with, um, you know, their, their competition is ultimately sleep. That is, um, And they've realized people are getting tired this time of year. Tuesday nights, you're hitting the pillow around 9.30 p.m. So what are we going to do to combat sleep as our enemy? They are calling up John Cena, Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman, Oscar, probably another Becky Lynch. Paul Heyman and Oscar on here, too. Oscar will be wrestling Roxanne Perez. And then we will have Carmelo Hayes with John Cena in his corner against Braun Breaker with Paul Heyman in his corner on the show. This is, this is a main roster show, it sounds like. Um, listen, this is a uh, – what are you talking about? Their, their competitors are everyone, though, okay? I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea here that this was probably laid out for months in yes. advance, that this would be the time to pull the trigger on both Cody and John Cena appearing on NXT. And wouldn't you know, this is the week that they are going to have pro wrestling competition in the same uh,
2: time slot. Well, they do acknowledge All Elite Wrestling, New Japan Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, uh, at least those, on, on and the uh, the TKO uh, filings of risk factors now. But they're go- also going to go against – Collision is going to go against SmackDown on November 17th as That's well.
0: That's right. That's the night before the
2: Full Gear pay-per-view, which is a Saturday night pay-per-view. Right. That they'll be in the Kia forum for that, the same place where full gear will be. So I, I was reminded of that when you know, somebody emailed me as, uh, there was discussion going on about this show that they're also going head to head. Um, so not again, not an AEW's normal time slot. There's going to be a disadvantage to, to AEW in, in that case, November 17th with collision versus Smackdown. And there's a, a disadvantage, uh, here with, uh, Dynamite going against NXT. And I would, I, especially considering how loaded up NXT is, um, I would expect NXT to win it. Now the same thing happened about a year ago um, where NXT went head to head with dynamite on a Tuesday because dynamite was moved, I think for M- MLB playoffs as well. And dynamite handily beat NXT. Um, this is a, a, a different time for NXT where they didn't have main roster talent. I would think uh, without going back to see what was on the show, but um, I think it's going to be much closer this time.
0: Do you, th- do you look at this in in the larger picture? is this is this is this a big deal in the sense that is AEW being able to just be competitive on Tuesday night against you know what's a really loaded up NXT does that help them in any meaningful way beyond just you know like the immediate buzz that you get the next day when the numbers come out like is there a reason like let's say we have some big matches that we've been holding off on and we decide let's let's throw the gauntlet next Tuesday is there an advantageous reason to do that if you are aew for the perception of it
2: yeah i I wonder is this something that comes up in like a a meeting with executives or like when you're talking to a tv partner and 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 those people to say wow look at our nxt show it's a great show it has lots of value that'll it bring to you because it it beats dynamite one time and these rights
0: are all being shopped and I, i i'm curious as well just the idea that if we're looking at all things being equal and we'll probably discuss some of this with brandon ross is SmackDown. Like, what is the ideal night for SmackDown? From a production standpoint for WWE, Tuesday's a great night for SmackDown. And if we can see, like, what is the pro wrestling audience that would be tuning in on a Tuesday night and conversely looking at an AEW that if they are within even striking distance of this big NXT show with two of your major stars, maybe a third with Becky Lynch, and looking at, you know, just AEW having a sign here on an unfamiliar night what they can draw... And we know the realistic asking price for an AEW of it being much less than Ron NXT combined
2: together. Right. I guess I could say this. I remember when, when the Wednesday night wars were happening and Dynamite, I think on, is it on every single week except for one or two beat NXT in the demo and the total viewership was a little bit closer, um, but I remember being told that, you know, well, when when AW wins in total viewership as well, everybody's happy. But economically, as far as ad sales, the only thing that really matters is the demo. So I could see it being something that the people at NBC Universal would be excited to, to say that, oh, wow, we beat that other wrestling show. And, you know, we beat him in, in this number and that number. So I could see it being something that bolsters that relationship with the TV partner, which is extremely important.
0: Are we going to get how many press releases come out on Wednesday? from the respective
2: sides? Will they each have their own? I, I would love like each side that can claim victory. WWE we'll, we'll doesn't like, put this. out press release, releases about ratings, right? Um, certainly when Donovan when, when has a really good rating, WBD puts out a press release. Um, but I think when WWE when has a good rating, just you know, certain people in wrestling media. Do we get, get a WWE graphic on their social channels? Maybe that would be the... the
0: I, I definitely see them... The infographic, yeah. Putting a little pat on the back out there if they are successful on this Tuesday night. Right. which they should be when you look at this lineup. And granted, we don't have a full picture of what uh, Dynamite is coming back with. But being on the unfamiliar night, I mean, this is John Cena on NXT. Like we look at what Becky has meant. Uh, John Cena should mean uh, th- that much more. This will this may be the only time you see a John Cena on an
2: NXT program. Right. And I'm, I'm looking for what the numbers were when they went head to head a year ago. But um, it, I think it really shows, you know, this this past Saturday really shows just how much You know, these, these two products truly do overlap. They're both wrestling shows. And for whatever, you know, fights that people have online about WWE versus AEW, the overlap is really strong between WWE and AEW. I mean, I, I certainly think it's, there is more there's more overlap going towards AEW than the other way around just because WWE is the the bigger, longer lasting brand, but there's a ton of overlap between wrestling fans a lot more so than say, uh, there is overlap for college football, despite college football having an audience that that's multiple times bigger.
0: So that is super Tuesday coming up next week. So look forward to that. And of course the rational discourse that will also come out of that where a lot, of, we'll get a lot of nuanced views about, you know, the, uh, the positives, the negatives, and understanding like that, the health of the industry uh, coming out of it. That um, you know, that's what I look forward to Wednesday at, or well, maybe maybe thir- uh, Thursday at four if
2: we get the the one week, uh, the one day delay. Yeah, in the morning, in fact, so it'll be a, it'll be a slow drip, so that might dissipate some of the rage. We'll see.
0: Tony Khan did do a press conference. How much of this press conference did you watch, and when did you watch it? Did you stay up on Sunday night to watch a two and a half hour press conference?
2: I, I watched it the next next day, next morning on two X speed, and I got the like the one newsworthy bet out of it, which was him. We finished saying,
0: our post show, and when I saw it was still going, I I thought there was a glitch on my YouTube player.
2: Well, he's he's answering everyone's questions. I, I listened to. He was in so a great mood. He was in a was great a, mood. That um, was a very good show. It was an um, excellent show. And uh, he said that the pay per view buys were better than all out. Which I don't know if, if if that's as much a great thing to hear about WrestleDream or a bad thing to hear about All Out. That you know, I don't know if that show did a hundred thousand buys or not. But he said that this show WrestleDream did over a, is projected based on the digital sales, over a hundred thousand. So I mean that that's on the. I expected it to be maybe the, the least bought AW pay per view since twenty twenty or so, where they had quite a few that were under a hundred thousand. Um, but it, it did better than All Out at least. So uh, maybe that speaks to the the interest in in that main event at this
0: point we're making history here on Pollock and thurston the first returning guest here on the show you know him from Lightshed partners a man that is a uh, you know world renowned for all of his
3: analysis <laughs> here to chat about tko wwe Hard, hardly you guys caught me by surprise there i was like <laughs> it's, it's on my phone and <laughs> heard my name or well, not. you're you're busy at work yeah, yeah. here
0: other uh, the other brandon that is that is joining the us.
3: other brandon <laughs> yes. that's right so the lesser all, known version
0: before we get into uh wwe and, and tko news uh you were you were one of the few you were at the sphere in las vegas I over was. the weekend can you give us an in-person account of, of this experience and is this is this the future of of stadia
3: um it is an amazing experience. I was, I've was, i been pretty bullish on it, right? And I've seen the sphere kind of throughout the, um, the process of building it, the very lengthy and expensive process, I should say, um, from kind of when they just broke ground to being in there in January. And it looked like it was a long shot for it to be open at this point. Um, but at that time I did a VR experience of what it was going to be like and kind of putting that together with being in what was the structure without any LEDs, you kind of got the feeling that it was going to be something special. And it really was. It's, I think I go to a lot of concerts as I think you guys know. Um, and I would say. It was the first time I wasn't actually focused on looking at the band and what they were doing. You're just trying to take in everything that's happening in the, in the environment around you, which at times was a lot. And um, it's also probably the first time I've ever been to a show where you don't want to be close to the stage. It's actually the best seats in the house are probably in the like 200 and 300 level where you can actually like be able to see the ceiling all the way down to the floor and left to right and be fully immersed in what's going on. I hope you guys get to go um, sometime soon. It's very, very cool.
2: And, and this is like normal basketball size arena.
3: It's, it's over 18,000 people. So yeah, but it's set up totally differently. It's, it's actually set up like a theater would where the stage is at the end. Um, and there's nothing behind it and the stands kind of come up on different levels above it. And that's it. There's, it's not, the stands don't surround the stage. Um, kind of like you would see a, um, in an arena. Do you see th- this? kind of
0: venue do you feel it, it can it can work for something like a big ufc card or or a wwe show
3: well i guess dana implied last night that um mm-hmm. he's that got his he, eyes on it that he definitely has his eyes on it i think it can work for um mma or for wwe i think it will be a lot more difficult to work obviously for basketball or hockey, um, the, the space really isn't there for it and the, and the sight lines wouldn't be there. Um, I think it would be interest, more interesting maybe with WWE where they can do maybe some of the things that they did during the WrestleMania during COVID um, where they made it a more immersive multimedia experience, which is probably easier to do when it's a scripted um, situation than it is um, for a UFC or a, I PS- or a, a say that PSL. Like <laughs> the, the, the
2: Thunderdome on the which was all the, all these people on screens watching the show.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: You, could, you could imagine a lot of uh, weird special effects too. And the, yeah,
3: sure, no, it's it's very cool, and the things that they could do with sound are also very neat. I also saw um, postcard from Earth, which is their first piece of original content. I'm like, I'm kind of embargoed from talking a lot about it um, until Friday. But what I'll say about it is it, it shows off um, the fact that you can have different sound effects coming from anywhere um, and in different ways um, as, they, as they hit the viewer. Um, you could have people, I could be sitting in one seat and you could be sitting right next to me and you could hear something completely different. And where you're hearing it coming from is completely different. It's, it's, it's pretty neat technology overall.
0: You know what this is going to cut into? It's as you said, Brandon, the elimination of phone use, it's also going to cut into drug use because nobody is going to go to a concert in (laughs) with with the kind of stimulation that this place is providing. I think it just, you wouldn't survive it.
3: Yes. I think that, um, (laughs) I said this to somebody, um, i would be nervous if anyone did any kind of drugs um <laughs> i'm sure they did um during um these u two shows but uh i think there could be some freakouts
0: <laughs> any any nick Khan sighting o- over the weekend um you have to imagine this this is definitely in his purview of something on i on did the i did
3: there were they there were a lot of people there i did not see Nick there or anyone else from t k o doesn't mean they weren't in the building um but i i didn't see them there were some of AW's partners were there. Oh, really? Say that, yeah.
2: WBD people,
3: yes. Zaslav was there. Okay. Um, the CFR so was the there. <laughs> Does Zaz ever not wear the vest? <laughs> well, let's let's move over to uh,
0: some of the. Uh, Latest news, uh, we're a couple weeks removed from the SmackDown deal, surprisingly going to, uh, the USA network, which, uh, we're, we're almost exactly a year away from this, uh, switchover. How surprising was this? It seemed that, uh, Wall Street would, very was much smart. was. I think everybody was like, this was yeah. a real left field, uh, maneuver and it did not, te- like, this stock has not re- recovered since this
3: news. No, I mean, it looked like it was coming back the last couple of sessions. I think it's down again today. Um, but everyone kind of knew that Comcast under USA, um, was going to be back. There were, they had to have the content. Basically, USA network is, is bereft of content without it. Um, so it was coming back. Everyone expected that it would be a renewal of raw for the three hours. But Comcast only committed to the two hours per week, um, and that made everyone or a lot of investors very nervous.
2: Did you get the sense this is so? It was a 1.4x increase, and yes, this, this well, is one on an AAV mean, basis. Yeah, right. so it went from it's going to go from 205 per year with Fox to. Like 287
3: 287
2: good ma- yes <laughs> i memorized these things by now yeah and um so is that indicative of just the sports rights market in general or like if, if, if you're thinking about what other sports rights are coming up and the nba which i think we'll talk more about like does that tell you about just things are going to be lower or plateauing from here
3: yeah so just to to kind of give some context to the stock reaction, a lot of the reaction was kind of the environment that we're in and the trepidation around sports rights in general, as you just brought up. And a lot of that um, really was brought to the surface during this charter versus Disney battle. And for the first time, it looked like ESPN was vulnerable and the distributors were going to push back on the. The pass through cost of sports rights. And if, if the affiliate fees are going to be in question, then that leave, that would leave less money for the leagues or in this case, TKO to get paid for licensing out the rights. So the market was very, very nervous. So it didn't take a lot to to get a lot of investors to jump ship. I think the the idea is that maybe this NBA deal and we've kind of been saying this for a long time anyway um could be the blow off top on sports rights and after that the multi-channel video ecosystem you know has been in you know pretty continuous decline which has accelerated a bit as of late and it's not certain that digital players are going to pick up the slack and pay more than, or much more than the advertising that is sold against these games or events. Right.
2: For a long time, the hope had been that the fangs, I guess, I don't know what we should call them. Yeah, yeah. I, I have
3: no idea what to call them anymore. <laughs> but
2: but big, big tech companies like Amazon yeah. and Apple and maybe even Google through YouTube were going to come in and, and buy up sports rights. And some, something like that has happened. I mean, I guess in, in each case, you could look at, okay, YouTube's got uh, an NFL Sunday ticket. Um, Apple has got some MLS. Amazon has got NFL. But other than that, there haven't, I'm probably leaving yeah. stuff out there, but other than that, they haven't come in and
3: r- ran up the cost of sports. There's like a, yeah. There's a speculation now um, that formula one on a global basis might go to Apple. And I think Apple is out there trying to do global rights deals where they become the exclusive home um, of a sport. So, so, um, that's out there. And obviously the NBA deal, we're pretty certain that there's interest from both Apple and Amazon um, in that one. But, you know, going beyond that, we're just really not sure. There's been some experimentation with MLB here and there. Um, we've seen um, it's, it's, it really remains to be seen what the appetite is and investors are nervous. That is, is this the last deal um, for WWE, that's up. That's the question out in the marketplace right now.
4: Yeah. And, and, and Raw. The-
0: Sorry, I'm it's, just going to uh, ask about the timing of the the SmackDown deal a- as well. Like, if you are WWE and this is you know uh, was not met too favorably, why make the deal now? Do, and and Raw's rights are are still out there. Like, was there? you know, an urgency on either side to get this deal. And this is the best WWE felt they could get for SmackDown at a time when it seems like there's a lot of volatility.
3: Yeah, I think that from um, a Comcast perspective, um, I think they have some affiliate deals that were coming up and they probably didn't want to, you know, go into those, those deals without any uh, WWE content secured for the future. So there may have been some urgency on their side. And then from the TKO side, I think, you know, at, at this time, five years ago, both, both deals were signed. Everyone was talking about India being like a 3X or whatever, you know, was, was kind of out there, at, um, at the time. And given. You know, how difficult the environment was. There was a deal that was there and I think they decided to kind of hedge and make sure that they at least got the 1.4 on SmackDown. And their belief is that Raw is a more premium property, probably because of not just its history as, you know, as being one, but also the fact that it's three hours and you know whether it's one or two different buyers they can they can uh they can market that in you know 6 months when hopefully the market improves yeah.
2: and and with Rod do, do you have any more sense of of who's likely you know we've talked about and you've talked about Amazon maybe
3: yeah and it Disney sounds like maybe. Amazon. yeah it sounds like i mean we felt you know like there was a lot of smoke around amazon going into the smackdown deal Um, it seems right now, and I could be wrong. We've seen I've been wrong before. Um, that, that Amazon isn't really there. The, the names that, you know, have been bandied about as the strongest possibilities seem to be Disney. And obviously that wouldn't happen through ESPN because they can't really dedicate a single night. We heard that on podcasts and have heard that, you know, other ways from ESPN. Um, and, um, uh, that so that would have to be you know through one of their other properties, whether it's FX or ABC. And as we all know, Bob Iger doesn't know what he's doing with ABC or FX or pretty much anything else. So that is also, I think, um, one of the reasons that uh, uh, TKO's in in wait and see mode.
2: Right, and, and for people don't know, FX was reco- was acquired by Disney from Fox a few years ago, and it sounds like. ABC, as well as some of the other networks, probably not including ESPN are being shopped around and maybe. Yeah, it's it, right.
3: It's from an ESPN um, perspective. It looks like they're looking for outside investors um, to, to come in to ESPN. And then ESPN would be a subsidiary that is probably 51 or more percent owned by Disney Um with the rest being held by different strategic minority partners. Um, and those could, you know, take, no one knows who they're really negotiating with or if at all, but the speculation has been around leagues, especially the NBA, because they have their rights deal up right now. Um, uh, tech companies. So Amazon has been speculated and then, um, and then broadband companies, so the likes of Comcast have been speculated as well. Now I could poke holes in all of those <laughs> very, very easily, but um, that's that's what Iger's trying to accomplish now.
2: So, I mean, if, if you're thinking about selling FX, does that make it less likely that you're going to make a big, in, a long-term, you know, multiple hundred, dollars, hundred millions of dollars a year investment in W rights?
3: Yes, that would, that would make it less likely. I mean, the buyer would probably want um, a clean slate is my guess. Um, the question of whether it works for FX, I mean, kind of goes back to that conversation or just the earlier part of this conversation where I said, how much are these rights worth above the ad dollars that you can get attached to it? Like how much Are FX's affiliate rates going to be driven by having any additional content, whether WWE or UFC or any other, any other sports, anything? Um, And that really remains to be seen because Disney goes to the market with a pretty robust package that includes ESPN, which has very high affiliate fees. That includes um, the owned and operated ABC, ABC stations. You know, there's still other Disney channels that that also still exist. So it's unclear, especially in the marketplace that we exist in now, where you just had Charter push back pretty hard on them already. And
2: can c- we explain like wh- how these investments in in TV rights for say WWE makes sense? So if I'm paying if I'm NBC Universal, I'm paying 265 million dollars a year currently for Raw, a little more each year. Yep, I sell ads against it. But it's it's not making two hundred sixty five million dollars a year no. ads. USA no, it's net-
3: probably a hundred million dollars or so less than that. I mean, we, you, and I have probably done the math in yeah. many different ways, and we don't know for sure. But it's you know it's tens, at least tens of millions of dollars less than what the licensing fee would be, especially at a one point four x. So. Really-
2: at least in the case of USDA network, you're you're charging your carriers to carry the USA network. So you're making some money on that. Maybe it's maybe it's making a break-even, maybe short of that. But if, for Fox, certainly that, that wasn't the case with SmackDown.
3: Well, that's why I mean if you talk to Fox and ask them why they got rid of it, it was you know, for that exact reason. They we they're like, We have the NFL. Like <laughs> that's the biggest hammer that Exists So how much incremental value was having the WWE adding beyond what we were selling in ads? And I think there was a little bit of a shortfall relative to what they had expected. One, because of the audience shortfall. And we've seen, you know, all audience and linear TV kind of go like this, not the NFL, but you know, pretty much everything else. And I think there was some hope that they'd be able to get CPMs that were much more equivalent to, to sports rights. Um, and, uh, and they didn't quite get there. That being said, that's kind of water under the bridge. Now the question is to go forward and, you know, whether Iger thinks that this is a p- property that's strategic to, um, either FX or even Hulu, right? Because if if their future isn't streaming and they're keeping Hulu, and it's going to be tiled into Disney Plus, do they need some reliable every week content for it? Maybe maybe this is the answer, but it's going to take some time to figure it out.
0: And on the s- subject of strategy, uh, like we're, we're seeing this season, just what the impact has has been on Raw. Is this the best night for Raw when you're going against? That hammer, that is NFL. Like if I'm a, <laughs> if I'm a is, Disney uh, or an yeah. Amazon, why am I going up against this four months out of the year outside of just, it's always been on Monday nights. And I think they've made it, the cons made it very clear. Like they are not, t- they're not tied to one
2: night.
3: Yeah. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, what, like if you, if you could move out of the NFL's way, you probably you know should do that at some point but it's going to come down to what the highest bidders really want bidder or bidders because i still think there's a possibility that this could be split up if it maximizes value
2: and in terms of timing the sense that i get increasingly is is nba rights Need to be done
3: first. totally there's gonna to be a loser that's the other thing right there is going to be a loser in the nba rights because we just talked about amazon and apple being interested we know turner is interested because what just like we said what is usa without wwe what is turner without the nba yeah. right and
2: nick mentioned in an interview a couple weeks ago that the notion that maybe wbd would um would would split one of the nights away maybe f- to to NBC and still pay for the production cost, but but would have that that one night off to fill with something else um and maybe that's where where AEW where, where money gets freed up for AEW or something like that but
3: Yeah I mean there's speculation that they could do both AEW and WWE now you guys are way closer to AEW than I am what what do you think of that possibility
2: I would be surprised if if they do both. Um, so as, as, far as going all in on, on wrestling entirely, obviously they, they can't get SmackDown. SmackDown's going to USA Network. Um, I've, I, I, I had a good time thinking about, well, maybe they could, they could do, you know, a, a co promotional show. They could do a pay-per-view once a year, W versus AEW as part of this deal, which would do huge business in That'd a lot of awesome. ways. Yeah. But, um, whether or not these two competitors w- are willing to cooperate with each other is another <laughs> story. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess it could, if you want to get rid of one night, either Tuesday or Thursday, and put what's left raw on one of those nights, sure. I mean, does do the economics make sense?
3: Uh, a lot of that comes down to also um, what what is the overlap in audience between AEW and WWE, which I presume is fairly high. It's a lot, and just yeah. About it, yeah. And, um, is whatever they get of the NBA enough to kind of maintain their affiliates? And is it the most profitable outcome? I'd, I'd be surprised if it was WBD. Um, I feel like Disney's more likely. Um, but again, I was completely wrong on, uh, on SmackDown. So (laughs) I'm just speculating.
2: In terms of a rating, I was looking at, say, what the NBA does. If they they got rid of a night of NBA, they could probably still deliver similar ratings with RAW in its place, and RAW being 52 weeks a year is probably another argument in that favor. I'm sure the CPMs are a lot different
3: between Yeah, they are, but it's also the NBA is more expensive. And then the other thing you have to account for is that two-thirds of the value of the NBA is in the playoffs and the finals, right? So you have to kind of readjust what the regular season is worth
0: we also had this interesting uh part of tony khan did a a media call last week and it's something brandon you've never like outright reported this but you've definitely thrown out the theory of whether or not uh wbd has some kind of ownership stake in AEW. and we did get tony khan on the record state it didn't outright state that but did when asked about it said you know i have 100 percent voting power and control and he would certainly be open to taking on partners. And that becomes an interesting wrinkle if AEW has l- like some kind of, you know,
2: minority he, stake in the company. He phrased it in such a way that I wish we had the quote in front of us, but he phrased it in, in such a way that he did not deny he left it. He left the possibility open that they currently have a stake, but right. he would be open to, to maybe giving them more, whether or not they, or they own any, he's not saying, but he'd be open to a, a new deal where that is changed.
0: Brandon, itself. I'm really good. Do you want to hear the clip?
4: Yes. Yes. That's really fast. There are things I've always said to be true, I, that I own 100% of the voting stock in this company uh, and that I have 100% of the decision-making power in the company. Um, and I've been open uh, to taking on additional partnerships or things of that nature, but we have a, a really great deal. But I would also be open to that, to Warner Brothers uh, in, a, in a future deal, having a piece or a bigger piece potentially. Uh, but I would always want to maintain 100% voting control, as I have now, and uh, want to maintain, you know, the super majority uh, of stock, which I have now. Would I be interested in taking on additional investment? Yeah, potentially, but um, it would have to be at the right numbers and it would have to make sense for us based on how much our business has grown this year. Uh, but as for a change of control or giving up any of the voting stock, no, I have no interest in that. Is is it possible that
2: he has?
3: I, I think I think he gave us the answer. Right? Yeah. He has all the voting stock. WBD has non-voting stock, and he would increase the amount of stock they that they own non-voting in the right and, deal.
2: And that's not unheard of to have investors who don't have voting shares but do have shares
3: or have super votes, like we just saw with McMahon. Right? McMahon <laughs> owned you know, all the decision-making power over WWE, but he only owned 50% of the economics. And if you have 51% of the vote, you're good. Yes. You
2: can force your way back in the company.
3: Yeah. Going all the way back to like the beginning of our conversation with the sphere, the sphere does not get built if Jim Dolan doesn't have majority control of that business. Right. Because it was such a risk and, you know, far beyond what, many investors were rightly or wrongly. And I think it may turn out to be wrongly um, we're comfortable with.
0: Well, we also have the interesting play of ABC, which they are simulcasting all of the Monday night football games this season. They have also added they picked up the NBA games in January. When you're looking at these next deals, I mean, how important is the loss of that network window for SmackDown, save for they have four NBC specials. Like as we're looking at the continuing downward trend of cable, like being off that network window, like how much of a blow is that for, for SmackDown?
3: Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I think in conversations that people I'll just say in general have had um, with the company, they, they actually said that in some ways there are elements that are better not being on broadcast. Some of the, um, some of the East coast versus West coast elements, um, to it. Um, but look, there's a reason that Vince wanted to go to Fox, you know, so badly that beyond the money. And they said at the time it was the exposure. It was the cross promotion out of the NFL, which is, you know, the, the biggest video property on the planet. Um, and you know the the bigger audience that exists on uh, on broadcast. but f- does that really matter that much to investors per se? No investors are worried about the dollars and cents of this deal and kind of what is implied through these deals about what the next deals are going to be like. Because most of the value of a company is in its quote, terminal value, which is, which is the collection of cash flows that come from the years beyond the next five, which is, which is how longer is, is on this deal. So there's, there's a lot of, how do I say, you know, psychology and, um, and sentiment about what the future is going to be like that drives stock prices.
0: Well, before we wrap things up, uh, I'd be remiss not to ask you. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, the ink has just dried on the, the, the merger of WWE yeah. and U- UFC to form TKO. But I mean, uh, just in terms of th- that week where you saw a lot of the key people out there speaking about the, the prospects and what can be gained, uh, some interesting quotes, uh, even some, uh, co- conflicting ones from Dana White going against, uh, Lawrence Epstein. Um, but regardless. I mean, what are you looking at as sort of like the first significant uh, push here by by TKO in the, in this first, you know, six to 12 month period for the company and, and how how investors have lo- looked at this just yeah, up into the, the closure?
3: The first significant um, piece of it is cost cutting. And I think you've seen kind of the results of that already. It sounds like this company, you know, they said 50 to 100 million dollars of synergies of cost synergies. Um, yeah, they'll probably wind up somewhere above a hundred million, um, and yeah, just uh, communicating to investors that they're going to maximize the amount of cash flow that this business produces is is probably going to be outside of what's happening with the raw deal and any future UFC deals. That's going to be the main messaging point.
2: Yeah, and they've they cut about a hundred employees somewhere over hundred employees reportedly and a few days later when the day the, the Smackdown deal was announced in fact they cut at least 18 wrestlers
3: yeah I mean some, some significant that's the uh, sad byproduct of all mergers right is is efficiencies are great for the stockholders but there's obviously collateral damage.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we saw that template when when Endeavor bought UFC and it was like it was it was a bloodletting. I remember covering
3: every merger. Right. Yeah. You know, efficiency comes at a cost, of course.
0: Well, Brandon, that is that is two appearances on Pollock and Thurston. You get the commemorative sports code after five appearances. That's that's (laughs) the rule here.
3: Okay. well, I'm honored to have been back a second time. Love chatting with you guys and hopefully there will be a third.
0: Yes. Follow along all of his work. Brando Lightshed and, uh, a weekly listen for, for me, uh, with yourself, yes. Rich and, and Walter, me and Brandon, uh, great, great admirers of your work. And we appreciate you uh, jumping you. on with us, Brandon. Listen great to week. talk
3: to you guys. Thanks, Brandon. Brandon. Take care.
0: Brandon Ross, everybody, uh, joining us. So always an enlightening chat to, uh, to get into, uh, what, what is going on, uh, behind the scenes. And, and there we have it. Uh, Mr. Zaslov attending the U2 concert over the weekend.
2: Mr. Zaslaw.
0: Mr. Zaslaw as as he is known in professional <laughs> wrestling circles. Yes. <laughs> um last thing before we uh we sign off from anyone and if you want to uh, throw in any questions you're welcome to do so but uh we we skipped over the the raw numbers and they did have their best performance against Monday Night Football so far this season. They were up 3% with 1,511,000 viewers a .48 in the demo going against the Seahawks game so they were up uh just over 12% from last week in the demo and this was a, a simulcast game. So at least, um, showing some, uh, an, an upward trend here for, for raw against, uh, Monday night football. They didn't have the bills to contend with the bills no. are going to be their Achilles
2: heel this, this coming uh, year and not Aaron Rodgers' Achilles heel either. Well, it's the bills versus the Jaguars, uh, on Sunday, uh, in London, but oh, is it? That's, another, that's another story and in Wembley stadium as well. I, w- I wonder what they'll draw. Um, oh. but yeah, the, as you said, this was the best rating that they've done since, since the NFL season has restarted. And, um, They've, I mean, as we can see on this this chart here, while SmackDown has been an overwhelmingly positive story, if we were looking at the same chart for SmackDown, this, these year-over-year comparisons for each week, SmackDown is much more green and very little red. Uh, but Raw has been mostly green year-to-date until until about August. So this, this did precede the NFL season by a few weeks, where Raw has been down more so year-over-year. And it's it's, you know... You can think, oh, well what's what's what started in about August of last year. Well, Triple H took over as head of creative. Um, and he is still the head of creative and Vince is involved again. And we're comparing now the, the Paul Levesque era to the Paul Levesque era or whatever you want to say how how involved Vince is. Um so it, it probably helped on this Monday that the Seahawks beat the Giants by twenty four to three. So it wasn't a very close game. Um so yeah, I I it's the NFL has been doing better and better. It seems like uh, so. Hopefully, they don't have to go against uh, Taylor Swift anytime soon.
0: Yeah, this NFL thing, I think it's going to take off. I see. I see a long. Okay, Taylor Swift giving them the rub. I know. I mean, my goodness, my my timeline on on Sunday night as I was watching Russell Dream was uh, just, man, people were like, there was anger, anger about like. This woman is just like watching a football game, but I guess it got pretty grating for people that were watching the broadcast. And
2: the, well, uh, well, now the ratings debate is on, and now there is a ratings debate, um, where, where people wait. Are, that only are, happens in wrestling. Only where, wrestling where people are having are ratings. I thought heated disagreements, and somehow I'm not the arbiter of of this debate. So that that that's that's consoling somehow. Have you ever thought of expanding out of just like reporting like wrestling numbers,
0: <sighs> just for the hell of it, for like a big show, like do the Super Bowl?
2: I, I I've you know I, I tweet things you know now and then that are just sports related or not are not you know that ratings things that are not wrestling related. I I've thought about it and I sometimes I end up getting things wrong. We're like oh yeah, there's people who know this stuff better than I do, so it's it's not something I feel like I can dive into immediately. But you know I should probably do more MMA stuff. And I know the MMA stuff is a little bit complicated by the fact that a lot of UFC is on ESPN Plus and that's taking away a lot of the viewership. But yeah, I should really pivot away from this uh, wrestling thing soon before it uh, goes out of business.
0: See, that's, that's going to be the next, uh, maybe uh, some kind of uh, creators. I, I was going to say like a uh, some kind of strike to get more transparency out of uh, ESPN plus, but I mean, none of these people are unionized that would uh, be fighting this, uh,
2: this transparency battle for, for our selfish needs of, uh, you know,
0: UFC viewership or other
2: companies. Well, sports TV ratings who now has a, a sub stack that everybody should, should check out. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been re- reporting, the sports ratings every single day. It's not everything that is the cable originals, which spoiler TV has. So by the way, we are, we are totally still in a Shoba's era. You thought wrestling ratings discussions were over with no way, but he, he was tweeting something that I don't completely understand about. He, Nielsen has measurements for streaming services within a certain window of time. Now it doesn't tell you what people were watching on the giving streaming service. Um, so that this was about the um, ESPN plus broadcast of the uh the andy's room version of the jaguars whoever the jaguars were playing the other the other week the other sunday um and there's some measurement around how many people were watching espn plus during that window whether or not they were watching the nfl game probably the overwhelming majority were um, but there appears to be some sort of measurement there which gives rise to the question of oh can we get a similar measurement for peacock from you know eight to eleven on certain saturday nights
0: What was it the – I think it was the the Chiefs-Jets game on Sunday night where they they did put out the – The total viewership between NBC and Peacock, they gave a I think it was like twenty seven point something million. But I mean, it's it both like it enhances the television number at the same time. If you're someone that's just looking at this and like here is the future of viewing and it's like it's still such a small percentage in comparison to traditional television, which is the model that we are just like actively working to replace with a streaming model that I think it would be very interesting to Give all of these uh, network executives the ability to go back 10 years. And what would be your strategy towards streaming? Would this be the path you take of killing off what had been this unbelievable behemoth of profitability that has just whittled away over the past decade?
2: Yeah. And it's, it's something we didn't get, didn't get to with, with uh, Brandon Ross, but there's part of the, the charter and Disney deal involved, Disney plus. Being, is going to be provided to charter subscribers. And there's some belief, at least by, by them, by Lightshed and Rich Greenfield, that maybe Max will, will end up being a part of future agreements where part, maybe, maybe what they're doing with the Max sports tier is setting a direct to consumer a sales price that they can use to leverage into these deals that they make with carriers in the future when WBD negotiates with them to say, okay, we know how much it's worth to consumers. So maybe that determines what it's worth uh, to you when we sell it to you wholesale, to your subscribers. Um, it's, you know, something that feels like it's on the horizon is like the great rebundling where these streaming services maybe end up getting put back into the set top boxes, uh, getting put back into the cable subscriptions that they've, you know, that all this content has come out of. Um, and maybe that's, that's a future, but, but yeah, the, it's, it's interesting. I want to show this, this graphic but, that there are, we're getting close to the point where like half the TV homes are not cable homes. Um, it's about 56%. So all the, all the TV homes in the United States is 125 million and USA, TBS, TNT are in about 93, 94% of them. So that's as a percentage of TV homes, that's like 56%. And that's going to decline over time. So probably within the lifetime of these new WWE and AEW deals, that number is going to go below fifty percent. So this is something I've talked about on Wrestling Ox before. It seems like it would behoove you if you are I don't know any any content owner of sports rights or wrestling rights that you would want to have some some pathway to getting your your content onto streaming as well as traditional TV.
0: Yes, I, I was listening to your discussion, and I think I—I I think for the first time ever, I'm going to watch an episode of Women of Wrestling. I feel it is my All duty to at least watch one episode. You of haven't Women watched one Wrestling. yet? No, I haven't. Yeah, well,
2: let me know what you think, especially of the, the, the crowd.
0: The crowd's like super. But, their numbers are genuinely impressive. Like, yeah. Like it's, and it's not just like it had some little like couple month run. Like this thing has been on for over a year. And they're consistently like they from the get go, they had a very strong syndication package. Like it was stronger than ROH's syndication package. Like they had like near 100% clearance, as I recall. It was like they certainly had the infrastructure like syndication, whatever you think of that model in 2023. I mean, they they had as favorable a package as you could ask for. And they're on vice. And they're on vice as well. So
2: whatever numbers we're seeing, like there is some, you know, trickle over there from vice as well. I think there was a telecast on vice at 3am that, that measured at 1000 viewers, but, but the, the midnight, there's a midnight telecast. I want to meet every, every
0: one of those thousand. I would, I would just love to meet via zoom, like at three in the morning, you're turning on the television and it's
2: women of wrestling time. But as we can see here, some some of these episodes are doing in the neighborhood of 350 and, and, and at least on one occasion, over 400,000 viewers, and what, so for, for people who are wondering, what is this really measuring? I think it's measuring the first run on, on syndication. And in, in some markets, I think this is being played more than once, but I believe what we're looking at is just only, only the first run. So there's this happening. In markets around the country i think it is 100 of the country that's covered what um, happened
0: in the middle of june like was this their ultimate like uh was this like their version of like flare steamboat or something i'm very curious what uh look at this they top 400,000 viewers
2: rampage isn't doing that collision didn't do that this week and who knows what the lead-in is in, in any of these markets maybe there's college football it's, it's, it's here on sunday right that, that's what it's it's entered in entered as in, in nielsen so i have no idea but yeah, it's doing more, more viewers than Rampage. So
0: There's definitely something to learn from this and it and it's a greatly under reported uh piece of wrestling programming out there. I think uh, you know. Add this to the list of like Lucha Libre. There's there's definitely yeah. uh I, I think John Cena was watching it, right? John Cena watches everything. I mean, yes. I, th- I think I guilted him into watching the Kenny Omega, Demetrius Johnson, uh, Street That'll Fighter 6 it. battle, which Kenny Omega prevailed over on Tuesday for those curious okay. on their Twitch uh, stream. Uh, last, was, was there anything else um, that you thought coming out of the press conference with Tony Khan that was notable? He did talk about the, again, he is not committing to monthly pay-per-views, but obviously they're they're adding more. And I guess if we're looking at WrestleDream, like if if they're adding, like let's say it's, 10 pay-per-views a year to throw out a number but your average is coming down to like 115 to 120 as opposed to like this 140 range that we had been seeing like ultimately like do you view this wrestle dream number as a success four weeks removed from all out and here was a show that did
2: that is projected to do over a hundred thousand buys like is that is that a great sign not really, but if, if the end game is to sell these rights as a streaming package along with next day rights, maybe and library rights, maybe to, to WBD for max, the
0: buys mean a lot less if you can, you know, get that, you know, right. all the deal. And then that's, that's the glory of it. It's like, you don't have to worry about month to month. And, you know, the, you're
2: not living and dying by what, you know, there's a key injury, but your rights are guaranteed. Yeah. And I would, you know, what they're doing now is just sort of setting, creating data to, at that bleacher report has which is owned by wbd to say this is the kind of demand when you put up a 50 dollars paywall in front of it imagine what it would be if it was on your streaming service that many people are already subscribed to
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and also mentioned the fact that they were not i guess this was not on sunday but but last week the discussion about not going through the uh the, the tryout period which we had discussed but that was more so interesting that that seemed to be the uh you know, their, yeah. their option that was on the table. Like this does not seem as though something that was just rubber stamp, that this would be uh max uh, content for them. But yeah, the pay-per-view strategy for AEW will be uh, noteworthy and they have another pay-per-view coming up in November. That will be their next uh, foray for your dollars, but we will be back next week on well, we will, to be determined, we will see how important it is to have a Super Tuesday results for everyone, uh, ratings wise. But regardless, you will hear from us next week. A big thank you to Brandon Ross for joining us. And if you cannot get enough of our voices, you can get more over at patreon.com slash wrestlenomics, where Brandon and company are there every single Sunday. And this coming week, you can check out. WrestleNomics Radio, where Brandon Brandon actually has an entire list of every topic that they're going to discuss this Sunday, but he's not going to reveal it now. You've got to tune in on Sunday to find out what that no. detailed list is uh, this many days out and, and what will be the controversy uh, that everyone is uh, seeking out Brandon's advice on coming this Sunday.
2: I was gonna talk about all in attendance I did talk about all in attendance last Sunday if you if you haven't got enough of that there's there's that on there but I, I was gonna make it more of a main feature of the show but then I but then I you know I realized how angry people were at just the site of that discussion so uh, i I sort of put it put it further down the card um but I, th- I think we're I think we're all set with that that topic we didn't talk about that last week because that that um that news was just breaking but there is no news, I guess. The number is still seventy-two thousand turnstile count. Turnstile count seventy-two thousand two hundred sixty-five. I can't dispute yet the the paid attendance announcement of eighty-one thousand three thirty-five.
0: Was that the um, was it Was that the topic of the week for you when it comes to uh, engagement?
2: Uh, angry engagement. Yes,
0: um, that's what I'm implying. <laughs> Like what's the one you hit send and just be like I'm not even going to look, I'm not even yes. going to look. The uh, yes. turn turn the comments off. Uh, meanwhile, myself and waiting we are back tonight after Dynamite. You can come back to the Post YouTube channel and uh, we have our whole list of uh, programming coming up this month at uh, PostWrestlingCafe.com. Also, trying something out new with my uh, my news updates, where I'm doing audio versions of them, where yes. people get to hear me read my own writing. Maybe how do this do we know is some... this isn't how do we know this is an AI reading it, and it's really you because. Way, t- way wanted to do an AI voice, and I just I would not have it. So you you have my word. This is my real voice, and you can definitely uh sense it from my my, my reading. So, uh, you can check that out. Until a robot replaces us, uh, maybe if one of us needs a, a week off, we'll just we won't even tell people. We'll just have yeah. we'll have that technology. Are you How as long- burned out on AI discussion as I am? Like now, when I get a podcast, that's like the future of AI it's a delete automatically. I'm so tired because you know what? It's an hour that is condensed into, we don't know what AI is going to be. That's what it is. That's what every single discussion about AI is.
2: It's better than the metaverse and NFTs though. It turned into be nothing. Um, I mean, I still use AI every day. I still use chat GPT every day to help me code. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't listened to that many podcasts about it, I guess, to be turned off my, but
0: yeah, I can see. Did you watch
2: um, Linda Yaccarino last week? Oh, the, I did. The code conference? I, I watched, um, Yoel, what's his last name? Um, I watched his his thing, his interview yeah. at code conference, and then I did too two, two interviews later, Linda Yaccarino. Oh, we should have carved out some time.
0: We we could we could have pulled some clips from that one. I mean, that was just something else.
2: There, there were there were
0: for, for all people time. want like there's a lot of negativity that, that Tony Khan gets. <laughs> Dude, Linda Yaccarino was like a <laughs> dumpster fire of an executive on stage who was so ill prepared for anything. Um, that w- that was uh, c- coming her way. I mean, just a disastrous performance.
2: Right. There were, there were a lot of ways to spin what she was trying to say better. She didn't have data ready. Um, yeah. She was pretty mad.
0: She that. tried to end the interview like three times at the end. I've got to go. I've got to yeah. go. It, dude, this interviewer just held her feet to the fire. It was like not letting her go, but it's uh, some great theater. If you want to go check that out from the code conference last week. All right. That's it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Pollock and Thurston. We're back next week. Check out WrestleNomics. Check out post wrestling. And, um, discourse about ratings.